hello and welcome to the Leaders in Clean Tech podcast. Each week, our host, David Hunt, speaks to a leading startup CEO, executive, or thought leader in the clean tech sector. Focused on the clean energy and clean mobility transitions, each guest shares the highs and lows of their clean tech journey, their industry insights, and their vision and hopes for the future. Hello, I'm David Hunt, CEO and founder of Hyperion Cleantech Group and your host for the Leading Cleantech podcast. Apologies for the gap since the last episode. We've had early births and late investment rounds delaying a couple of guests recently. It's also been pretty hectic at Hyperion. On top of the recent expansion to the US, we've recently beefed up our leadership retention and company culture services with the hiring of globally experienced leadership and change management expert, Dimpna Moran. So please do reach out if you'd like to know more about that. Um, I'm also fresh back from an event at Farnborough Airport, home of the International Farnborough Air Show. So it's fitting my guest today is Dr. Alex Ivanenko, co-founder and CEO of Zero Carbon Aviation-focused fuel cell company Highpoint. In fact, there was actually a small future flight zone at the fully charged live event I mentioned, and I'm quite sure that next year it will be bigger still. Um, so let's talk all things hydrogen fuel cells and zero carbon aviation. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, Alex. Uh, great to have you on the Leaders in Clean Tech podcast. Hello, David. Nice to meet you. Cool. So there's so much to get through. Such a uh, very hot topic um, in terms of, uh, in, well, obviously hydrogen more broadly, fuel cells, of course, and, and specifically around uh, clean aviation. Um, so really keen to uh, look specifically at the high point uh, product solution, and we can do that, of course, but also a little bit of your own journey and a little bit of the challenges that uh, founders and CEOs have as they scale companies it'd be good to get some thoughts on on some of those things but but perhaps first less is customary you could tell us a little bit of your backstory how you came to be the in the co-founding team for high point yeah that's uh, actually not so long story uh, it, it um we moved uh, from russia in 2019 when we were accepted by alchemist accelerator uh it's one of the top tier accelerator in the silicon valley and in the beginning of uh, 20 uh, so we started to think about new concepts, new concept of fuel cells specifically for air transportation market for aviation, because let's say, mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly, but I, I think it was in October 2019 when we first met with Valmy Tachov and uh, CEO and founder of Zero Avia, and actually he inspired us. So uh, three of us, the two Sergeys and myself, to, uh, uh, to start develop systems specifically for air transportation needs. And then after we uh, we started to think that hey, so what might be like a breakthrough technology in that in that area? Mm-hmm. We stopped. We started to focus on high temperature uh, membrane fuel cell uh, because uh, we, we will can speak about that later. But this is a more efficient fuel cell in comparison with existing uh, existing version on the market. And of course, we yeah. uh, invited in our uh, team um, other experts. Uh, from from this industry, Brian Benzevich, who is a um, inventor of high temperature membrane, uh, John Vogel and Ronda Stout, um, uh, they also expert in and well experienced engineer uh, and experts in high temperature uh, fuel cells because they were first engineers mm-hmm. in the world who commercialized uh, fuel cells uh, in 2010. I mean high temperature fuel cells. So this is a, yeah, like yeah. a yeah. short story. Uh, six of us. That's how we met. And then after we really started to develop system, invite people in the team, 
And right now we are 50 full-time employee company. Right, okay. Fairly rapid growth. Um, again, some of the audience may re remember I had Val Miftikov on as a guest, I think maybe 18 months, two years ago. A great story of his own and, uh, and Zero Avia, the, the, the sort of the, the aeroplane or the, the aviation vehicle. But uh, it's good now, I guess, to see some of the what goes into the, 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 the product to, to, to make it fly, essentially. So perhaps you can share with us, uh, Alex, a little bit of specifically about the, the high point technology and, and where you are on the journey of commercialization, how close we are to seeing... Uh, um, uh, aircraft powered by the, uh, the high point fuel cell yeah so our technology uh, as I said earlier based on high temperature uh, fuel cell system because we quickly figured out that low temperature fuel cells cannot be integrated in the air transportation market because they require a very very heavy cooling system so which, yep. uh, in, in, in standard LTPM system which is available right now and well known on the market so from uh, different different corporations, uh, their uh, cooling system is much as two times heavier than fuel cell stack itself. So we dramatically increase efficiency of cooling by raising operational temperature of the chemical reaction because of high temperature yep. membrane. And that approach allows us to exclude commonly used liquid coolant, humidifier, heat exchanger, and etc. So that is why in terms of uh, weight, our system becomes became more uh, more lighter and simpler if you yeah. compare apple by apple uh, with the system based on low time fuel cell. And of course, not only high temperature membrane uh, in our uh, the core technology, but also we created a new system architecture, which we called turbo air cooled system that efficiently utilized compressed air for both cooling and oxygen supply. So simply put, we increase pressure inside the fuel cell, deliver more oxygen in the electrochemical reaction, and that mm -hmm. allowed us to dramatically increase power output. This is a very okay. briefly how our system works, our system works, and uh, what makes us different in comparison with our competitors and and other fuel cell manufacturers, I would say. Right, right. Clearly, I mean, weight is is quite obviously a significant uh, factor in uh, in any form of uh, aviation, and there are some interesting, I think, uh, examples or. Uh, uh, demonstrations of the technology on your websites. We'll make sure we list, we link, and d direct people to the website to see some um, some uh, visualizations of the of the system. So, in terms of where you are at the moment, because there's so much uh, investment, there's so much. Um, uh, coming to fruition now of various different uh, mm -hmm. low-carbon uh, aviation uh, products uh, and, and, and sort of vehicles. Where are you in terms of, uh, as I say, both with Zero Avia and other partners, where are you uh, in terms of having test flights or having uh, partnerships in place that are bringing the product to, uh, to realization? Yes, uh, David, thank you very much for this question. Actually, this year for High Point and for us will be very, very important. Because as you said earlier, so you can see in our website the animation, I would say how the system uh, built and, uh, and designed. But uh, this year it will be real hardware stage. So mm -hmm. uh, if you, um, I, I think you heard about that, but in the beginning of February, we uh, launched our manufacturer site in UK, in Sandwich Kent County. So, and right now we are really building the first, first prototype of the system. And right. I hope, and based on our plan, that in, in a couple of weeks uh, we will be ready to release the first product. And actually, this year, later this year, we are going to get first flight, execute the first first flight with by Secure Craft Corporation, a small helicopter. Uh, six months after, I would say in the first quarter of next year, it will be uh, second demonstration flight with Zero Avi. 
And of course, we have, uh, how to say, we have uh, long-term agreements with those customers and, and partners. So, and based on our plans, we have to deliver bunch of numbers of systems uh, for ground tests, for demo flights, for certification, and etc. So, uh, yeah. we, we and, and as I said earlier, so before it was like uh, testing, single sales testing, some with third, uh, with partners and etc. But now we are approached to real hardware stage, and mm. this is a very very important. And I hope that we will be demonstrate our capabilities and and performance of the system as we announced in our materials. Right. Yeah, cool. I think that's one of the things that often, even within the sort of clean tech sector, people think that uh, electric aviation or zero carbon aviation is, is so far in a distance. And the reality is it's um, really not so far away with systems like yours, I should say, hopefully getting to, to pilot and demonstration stages already uh, recently and, uh, and and this year, which is, which is super exciting. Um, one thing I wanted to talk through with you, Alex, because and again, it was something in the conversation with, with, with Val initially was that clearly hydrogen is there's a lot of uh, interest, a lot of um, uh, disagreement, a little bit in, in where hydrogen plays the best part in the, 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 the sort of decarbonization process. But clearly, aviation is an area which is challenging from batteries. And yet you do see people like uh, Vertical Aerospace and Velocopter and others who are focused on batteries. So in your mind, what's the advantage of, uh, of hydrogen fuel cells over batteries for, for, for flight? So first of all, the main, the main idea that you can uh, increase flight time. So mm -hmm. I, I see the place where uh, you can use uh, lithium batteries in, in aircrafts. Like when you need to execute short, uh, short flight, let's say a couple of minutes, not more, and etc. In a couple of in, in a couple of flights in in a day. But mm -hmm. if you are talking about business to business application, right? So definitely you should use hydrogen or other source of power uh, of energy, which could uh, how to say uh, bring you uh, opportunities to execute longer flights and and increase frequency of using your aircraft. So right now, yeah. the last answer is hydrogen. And that is why, for instance, uh, like uh, uh, airlines, companies, uh, who's, uh, um, they started to, not, not, not how to say, I don't want to say that they don't want to consider lithium batteries in their, uh, in their operation, but they uh, much more, in, they kind of say, would like to use real technology who, which technology they can integrate in their existing business process. And hydrogen right. satisfies their requirement, requirements completely. And because hydrogen can bring you 50% of uh, uh, reduction of total cost of ownership. And this is a huge advantage in comparison with uh, some existing power sources like, like lithium and, and, uh, uh, and, and um, biodiesel, for instance. I think that's an interesting point as well, because one of the challenges and, and one of the things I personally feel against uh, hydrogen for, for, for land transport, for example, is infrastructure often isn't there. But clearly at airports, there's a, there's a significant infrastructure, which is, I guess, either can be used alongside or could be converted for, for hydrogen rather than for, I should say, uh, traditional aviation fuels. Uh, so actually, I don't think that for... Uh, I'm, um, it is a huge, a big issue for uh, airports to use hydrogen. So I'm I'm living in California and I'm mm -hmm. using Toyota Mirai, which is a uh, hydrogen fuel cell car, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and once a week, I um, I refuel the car, and the process 
uh, in comparison with standard uh, process gasoline uh, feeding, almost the same. It is the same. Uh, it's the same station, and actually, uh, people uh, don't understand that so they. This is a hydrogen refueling station, I would say. And the process, as I said, is the same. It means that you don't need to how to say mm, completely train uh, people to work with hydrogen and etc. Because infrastructure mm-hmm. and the process very very close to each other. And actually, yeah, airports at the moment has necessary uh, approvals because hydrogen, oxygen, and uh, different types of uh, dangerous gases are located in the same group of gases. And, yeah. and airports already has uh, such, uh, such permission. So that mm-hmm. is why, of course, it's some training you have to complete and etc. but it's not significant uh, to my mind. Eh? It's, uh, it's not so significant uh, changing in their, in their operations. So this right. is just a question of investments, desire, and uh, uh, yeah. So investments and desire. That's it. That's good. Cool. Understand. Uh, going back to, I guess the the use cases again. Going back to your point, I guess it's relatively easy to see uh, battery powered um, air taxis, for example, doing into you know city uh, trips within cities, etc. Where where do you see initially, at least? Because again, hopefully it will end up being transcontinental transport but in the next few years what sort of size of aircraft and what sort of duration of flight do you anticipate being possible within the next maybe three to five years so uh there are a lot of trends uh and actually i don't think that in a couple of years as you said you horizon you mentioned three five years we will we will see uh like air taxis in in uh, in our cities so because i think certification process uh, just certification process it's should long. take yeah, about yeah. is much longer. Yeah, especially for new aircrafts. So, for instance, I'm, we are working with Pius Aircraft Corporation. Their air, their uh, helicopter P890, which is a well uh, experienced team and etc. And helicopter is not something new. So, certification mm-hmm. of this uh, helicopter will take about uh, three, four years. Right. So that is why I, I don't think that horizon for for like a new aircraft, EVTOL specifically, air taxi, we, you, we will be able to get some such uh, permissions. But uh, of course, uh, a lot of companies right now developing uh, such aircrafts, and this is a huge trend, and this is a really platform of the future. And I do yeah. strongly believe that this decade, we will definitely uh, try, uh, we will definitely see air taxis in the sky. And, uh, and I think, it will be powered by high point. So because once again, air taxis, the main idea is to fly uh, longer and fly more frequently in, in comparison with uh, like a private use uh, air taxis. So that yep. is why you must use uh, the fuel which could provide you such capabilities. And this is mm-hmm. the hydrogen. So uh, I get the point. So, that, so within citizen, and again, there are some, obviously differing views there in terms of how quickly uh, EV tolls can come to fruition, all this kind of thing. But certainly, once you start looking at regional flight, you know, interstate flight in the US, for example, or again, mm-hmm. you know, across borders mm-hmm. within Europe, is uh, clearly something which is uh, for the for the foreseeable, at least beyond uh, that type of product. So, um, just again, trying to get you know, if you were hopping from uh, uh, you know, I don't know, San Diego to to San Fran, that kind of duration of flight is that something you see that uh, a high point powered vi- uh, aircraft would be able to achieve mm. in the in the coming three to five years i see i see yes yes of course i think it's it is possible 
it is possible San Diego and San Fran is uh, it's a really regional flight, so regional aircrafts, and actually our project with uh, Zero Avia, which we are going to execute the first flight in the beginning of next year. This is this is uh, uh, this is about such size of aircrafts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just for those in the audience who are not familiar with uh, the the size of California, I guess that's what a five hour drive kind of distance. Uh, if you were to to drive that kind of distance. It's more or less, so I think more about six, six, seven, seven hours. Okay. Mm-hmm. So again, real um, huge opportunities if you're able to do that kind of distance uh, or in in the time frame of a, mm-hmm. a, a of a of a plane versus a, a land based transport. So, is that where you see the again the initial rollout of of uh, aircraft in sort of the intercity interstate kind of flights for for, for uh, business travel for example or or, or where, where do you see the kind of the the initial interest and uh, and use cases so uh there are two markets i see which will be like a for pioneers right so who will be ready to integrate few cells very very soon so it's existing helicopters market so uh, replace standard helicopters to helicopters with the hydrogen uh, with hydrogen powertrains, and the mm-hmm. second is the small regional aircrafts, which actually right now again is the existing market. But of course, so uh, like a Dash Eight uh, platforms and something like that, we have to wait more time because this requires completely different design of the system, including yeah. high point. So it's like a megawatts class and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So that is why it will not be happen uh, like a tomorrow. It will happen this decade, right? Definitely, but not not tomorrow or after tomorrow. So we have sure. to wait. But the first initial markets and like uh, who will uh, enable this market? So and enable using hydrogen in aviation will be existing helicopters market and uh, an existing small regional aircraft market. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just flip the conversation slightly, Alex, to the the growth of the business. Now, clearly, you were involved early on with a with an accelerator, which clearly provide not just you know significant support and help, but there are many challenges to growing a tech business, a particular clean tech business. Of course, the technology evolution, uh, and uh, with aviation, of course, you have, as you said, a lot of licensing and permitting and uh, and sort of uh, permissions uh, to, to to fly, um, and all the other unusual things that a startup encounters in terms of finding people and finding money so that all these things are always ongoing so as ceo since you founded the business which have been the major headaches or challenges and and, and which perhaps have you found the most rewarding and enjoyable oh i think the crucial uh like a, a crucial point is team so find the right people for the right uh, right job position in the team so which is the, the most important part of my business so not only of my business but i think for uh, all startups. So investments, yep. it's, I don't want to say that is is not a big deal, but this is a, which uh, definitely will be erased as soon as you will deliver the result, right? So execute your milestones mm-hmm. and etc. But the question is, who is executing milestones, right? So and achieving results, the team, and etc. So again, so team is the most important uh, topic which should be covered by CEO of the company, and of course I focusing yep. on that. Uh, a lot of times, and right now yeah. uh, we launched for instance manufacturing site in UK, and I don't want to say that is it easy for us to find a well experienced person in the team, and uh, because so we have some requirements of course, and but we already pay for that requirements of course, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, we time to time 
how to say field that for us is challenged to find the right the right person, especially with uh, some aviation backgrounds in the yeah. United Kingdom. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what we that, that's what we have right now. For sure. Yeah. Now, I'm really glad, obviously, you're kind of preaching to the converted to some extent, but I've always said, you know, of course, finance is important, technology is important, but if you don't have the right people in the right place doing the right thing at the right time, it's very difficult to execute on, on any form exactly. of plan. So uh, how about from an enjoyment factor? Clearly, you've got a, you know, a, a strong technical background. Has it been most fun, so to speak, watching the evolution of the product and the, the technology, or have you enjoyed this people aspect or other parts of, uh, of leading a business uh, in this transition? Yeah, so for me personally, uh, fun is business development. I, I, my background, and I spent a lot of years in the, in the huge corporations where I've been taking leading process from R&D stage to fully commercialization and, many, and mainly were responsible for business development and right. uh, how to say promoting new product to the market and that's what i really fun to speak everyday basis with uh, my potential investor uh, with my potential customers sorry and uh, yeah. of course it's for me it's a really enjoyable thing uh, because when i listening my customers and partners so their how to say what challenge they have i can bring the challenge to my team and say hey guys so it seems that uh our customers want to get something, something new. Let's let's yeah. let's brainstorm together how we can improve this uh, something in our fuel cell to satisfy their requirements. Because I think only uh, requests from customers makes your products better and uh, more appropriate for their needs. So, in yeah. listening, 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 customers, it is important the part of my job. And actually, I really like to do so. Yeah, yeah. It's a really interesting point, actually, Alex, because a lot of uh, founders become very um, uh, insular and want to provide the f perfect product and try and keep their technology or their ideas, their IP uh, to themselves before they break into the marketplace. But um, I think you gain so much more uh, where you are at an early stage being within reason, of course, but being more open so you can actually take the influences of your potential customers to, to evolve the product. Mm -hmm. And actually, we, we, we remember that we six we have six founders, and a founder is responsible, let's say, for a certain area in the company. So IP mm -hmm. questions I'm led by Sergey uh, Sergey uh, Shubinkov, and uh, um, science science questions led by Brian Benzevich and etc. So that is why when we are how to say uh, we we really it's, it is really teamwork. So I don't want to say that we are how to say missed. Uh, some important topics of for startups or for any com companies, of course not. My personal fun, fun is working with uh, with customers and bring ideas from them to to my team to adapt yep. our technology for their certain needs. That's what I really get a lot of uh, a lot of uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have as a business, uh, obviously a lot of strategic uh, partnership, partnerships, relationships, Zero AVS as a good example. But uh, again, I think that's something where many founders think only of VC money or, 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 or cash money rather than the benefit of uh, strategic relationships, not just for financing, but more so for the evolution of the product and the ecosystem. And uh, mm -hmm. interesting, perhaps hear your thoughts on how you approach some of these large organizations as a small company. I've had this before with people saying, well, we're just a small startup. How can we approach for example, you know, a Boeing or, or you know, a big global corporation. Um, how have you found and how have you gone about making the, the partnerships that you've you know, already achieved in the last few years? 
So uh, actually, if you remember, uh, we started our company, we launched our company in, in the beginning of 2020, which was the, the, uh, which was the beginning of COVID, right? Yep. So, and actually when my investors uh, or other partners asked me, Alex, how COVID influenced on your business, I don't want to say that uh, it was something negative because actually we were at stage when we had to speak with partners and big corporations. And mm -hmm. because of COVID, everybody moved to like uh, online platforms like Zoom, Google Meet, yep. and Meet, and etc. So and reach out people from big corporation. These platforms makes made much more simpler and uh, and quicker. Because for instance, if you would like to meet with Boeing before, let's say before COVID time, so you have to wait about three months because it's also only yep. in person meeting, right? So right now you can reach out people from Boeing just to spend uh, a couple of weeks on that exercise, right? And uh, that's really accelerated our business and especially in that time when it was very, very important to get feedback from customers. I mean, so yeah. come back to your last question, right? So what is it making me fun? And, uh, and uh, of course, uh, these, uh, uh, how do you say, corporations were uh, very, very skeptical, I would say. Right, so yeah. in the beginning, because uh, hey, was a few cell hydrogen, blah blah blah. But right now, I see that their customers are they who's their customers? Their customers are airlines. They push them to find this uh, to produce and manufacture high, uh, 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 air vehicles with yeah. zero CO two emission powertrains. I would say right in I mean, based on hydrogen fuel cell and others. So that is why right now. It's uh, their skepticism moved to uh, converted to optimism, and right now we're yep. speaking with all of them, and we are speaking on the same on the same level. I mean, it's not like ah, you're a startup company, so guys, please explain what you have. So you are too small, blah blah blah. No, I see really interest to our technology, and they yep. really would like to understand what is behind 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 that technology, and they really commit to cooperate with uh, with company. Uh, with, with my company. That's yeah. uh, how I see this also, how to say, uh, transformation, not only in, uh, like in technologies, transformation also in the heads, right? So, so people really started to think about new, new fuels, uh, new technologies, and that's great. And I see that a lot of right now people in those companies really support this transformation and, and yeah. cooperate with Hypoid too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's been an interesting couple of years. And I think you pick up on a good point that, of course, nobody predicted COVID. And, and of course, it brought many people many challenges. And, and obviously, on a personal level, many, many tragedies also. But um, it also was maybe a leveling process, as you say, that, you know, suddenly everybody was at their desk or their home or their home office, regardless of whether they were the CEO of Boeing or, 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 or the team that worked for you, everybody was in the same situation. And it did become a lot easier to, to make connections and to, uh, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I guess, speed along the conversations and relationships relationships where you didn't have to wait for a trade show or some event to, uh, to, to, to travel. Yes, that's true. And actually, uh, right now, when uh, people uh, invite me to participate in person meeting, uh, it looks for me a bit weird. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> because I really, I really forgot how to meet these people in person, you know, <laughs> I mean, the business meeting, business meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> that, that way, that's it. 
It's interesting. And I, I guess that leads me on to one, one of the questions, Alex, in terms of the, looking to the future, because uh, pre-COVID, for, for, because I have an international business, I, would, I, I did a lot of travels, I think in 2019, 50 flights uh, in the US and Europe. So um, A, I had to plant a lot of trees to, 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 to make my conscience better, but also, you know, that was the time when everybody was meeting face to face. And um, as much as I missed that, and now I am attending some shows and speaking at things, but um, I don't think it's good for the planet or for me personally to be doing that number of flights and others do or plenty more. So yep. how do you see now the, 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 the balance where, again, we, we clearly need aviation? So, um, yeah, I guess I'm trying to find a point of, yes, you say, you say yourself, it's easy to meet people online. You don't need to go to every meeting face to face. But on the flip side, clearly your market is dependent on people wanting to travel at least a little. Yes, I'm, 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 of course, of course, person meeting and traveling, it is important because uh, once again, for me, uh, we, don't forget that we launched a manufacturing site in UK, but we yep. were an incorporated company in the US and we moved people from US and, and other countries to UK. And of course, aviation supports that, uh, that move, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and I absolutely agree that we have to, uh, how to say, continue. I don't, I don't want to say that online platforms will, be, will replace uh, completely um, offline meeting and, and etc. But this mm-hmm. is an opportunity to do business, right? So this yep. is what's, what I would like to emphasize. It's not completely replace aviation. I do strongly believe that aviation will achieve the same level of traveling people and uh, was in before COVID time. And uh, this is just a question of a couple of years, right? So everything yeah, yeah. will be uh, will be at the same position. Uh, and of course, the question is uh, still question about. Uh, about pollution and uh, mm-hmm. CO two and etc. and decreasing and actually it is right time to to speak about that technologies and right time to uh, how to say uh, uh, right right time to uh, to choose a, the proper uh, fuel cell source for future uh, for future aviation. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's pretty cool. I'm going to ask you a little bit to look into your crystal ball, Alex, around the whole uh, electrification of transport broadly. And uh, clearly, that's likely to be a mix of batteries and and, and fuel cells. Um, If you look at sort of um, beyond regional, but not quite intercontinental flight, but maybe flying or transport, I should say, within the US or transport within Europe, as an example, what what kind of mix of of technologies and what kind of mix of um, solutions do you see uh, in you getting around, for example, within the US uh, for, for, for meetings or for pleasure or however, just trying to get a feel for where you see the whole electrification of transport piece going in the next uh, 10 years? So I think uh, it will be moved, how to say, completely to everything will be electrified. So next this decade. Uh, and depends on what the market, what is the market needs, it will be defined the, the power sources. For instance, if we're mm-hmm. talking about private market, like uh, like uh, let's say le- like cars, right? Uh, like Tesla. So you don't need to use fuel cells for that. Your uh, your everyday mission, like a, a, as a private person, a, a lithium batteries, standard lithium batteries, will be satisfied completely with your requirements. You don't need yeah. to think about uh, fuel cell and hydrogen. If you are talking about business to business application, uh, lithium batteries will not work here, and you will think about another type of fuel. So, and of course, it will be combination uh, between lithium batteries and hydrogen fuel cell. But actually, our system you can't, uh, you you don't need to use buffer battery at all uh, in in our system because in our system design because we can cover all 
uh, how to say, mission and power profile of any aircraft. This is one of the features of our system. And right. uh, but but again, mission and application B two B or private use will define uh, what exactly and power profile will, will define what exactly power source will be integrated in specific aircraft. And of course, lithium batteries, fuel cells, uh, uh, biodiesel, all those uh, all those um, power sources will be uh, will be will be in place, will be in the market. Okay, okay, that's interesting. Again, a lot of people pushing the the electrification uh, case, but uh, it's interesting. There are still uh, people who are seeing a future for for biofuels or for synthetic fuels, um, which um, yeah depends whether how you can differentiate them or claim them as uh, zero carbon, but again, still have a, a much better impact than a traditional fossil fuel based uh, fuel. So, uh, you st mm -hmm. you still see a place for sort of synthetic uh, fuels or biofuels. Yeah, so I mean, you mean uh, biofuels? Yeah, synthetic fuel will be also on the market, and actually, I consider this type of fuel as a transition, so like intermediate step between uh, yeah. existing very dirty, let's say, fuel to like a kerosene to hydrogen to, uh, to yeah. hydrogen or lithium batteries, because uh, synthetic fuel it is still uh, creates a lot of CO two, but but much less in comparison with standard gasoline. Uh, but this, I consider uh, these uh, these fuels as an uh, intermediate step, uh, and yeah. you should understand, of course. So, and people uh, also can confirm who work in that market that aviation uh, people and uh, the manager designers are very very conservative, right? So, and for them, movement uh, from different types of fuel, like uh, from standard gasoline to hydrogen, is a it's a really uh, huge transformation for them, and, yeah, yeah. and definitely for them sh uh, uh, should be like intermediate. Exists uh, for them, it is important to exist some intermediate step like uh, biodiesel, uh, biodiesel, kerosene, because uh, d doing that they uh, how to say changing their mind, right? So they yeah, yeah, accept yeah. new type of fuel. And of course, acceptance of hydrogen for them in the future will be much more easier. So that is why I think uh, uh, SF, uh, it's very, very important fuel as an intermediate step for air transportation market. Yeah, no, it's an interesting point. And the same thing occurred a little bit on the on the sort of the private or the domestic market with mm -hmm. hybrid vehicles, for example, that enabled people to have their first experience with a battery and to to understand that it was you know it was kind of cooler when you were driving on the battery than on the the, the ice engine. So, uh, as you say, it's a mindset thing that enabled people to, uh, to to make the journey without it being too big of a, a big of a leap. So it's been great to listen to you. We'll, we'll put a point on the uh, episode page to the website so people can see the animations of the, the high point uh, fuel cell and, uh, and technology. Are there any other places uh, where we might be able to see or how soon might we see, the, as you say, the, the, uh, the, the test projects or, or flights that are taking place or anywhere else that people can go to see more about the organization and your technology? So I think the main, um, uh, the main platform where we are everyday basis uh, or weekly basis published our activities and reports is our LinkedIn page, corporate LinkedIn page. You can find okay. easily uh, in the link uh, in our uh, in, in the LinkedIn network, of course, uh, Twitter and uh, and Facebook. So but these links you also uh, placed uh, on the our website, highpoint. Sure. 
Mm-hmm. Well, we'll make sure all of the links to those uh, different platforms are on the episode page for those of you listening on the, uh, on, uh, on uh, online, so you can access all of that information there. I always tend to close, uh, Alex. Uh, it always fascinates me on where people have gained their inspiration or where they tend to, I guess, go for. Um, uh, more information and as an avid reader I always look for perhaps book recommendations are there any that either inspired you early in your career or or, or that you read more recently that have uh, uh, that you've enjoyed and feel that you've got some value around your um, your, your journey and your activities yeah so of course I'm, I'm listening uh, experts and uh, reading experts books so because uh, like your star your podcast and other views because uh, not focusing on like uh, on clean tech, but also on uh, new technologies in aviation, right? So mm-hmm. uh, books and experts and uh, and actually I'm, I'm speaking with uh, real experts because in our company we have a lot of advisors like Gurkim Chi, who is a really well experienced person in that market. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, we are have a bi-weekly calls with him and uh, and discuss a lot of different types of questions. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm trying to get uh, I'm trying to get in person or the virtual meetings with experts, and that is why, for instance, my calendar it, it is uh, a lot of people uh, from industries when I'm just uh, just speaking about the future, about yeah. uh, their their opinion, and etc. etc. I would prefer to speak with those guys uh, rather than reading books and and uh, but of course I'm reading books and uh, magazines and etc. But these connections, like a private connections, is more is much more important for me at the moment because I can get like a really cutting edge information and their thoughts on uh, on the future of this type of market, the future of air, air uh, future of aviation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. No, I understand. And again, I guess that's one of the good things I like, love about the industry is that uh, you normally have a receptive, everybody's busy, of course, but people are quite receptive to to share information and to, to share their insights because we all have, a, I guess, a part to play in the, the transition. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, it's cool. Certainly, obviously, you, I'm now up to nearly, I think, 96 uh, CEO founder guests on the podcast so far. People are very receptive and very keen to share their information. But like you say, one-to-one, you can get much more insights also. But uh, cool. Okay. Well, listen, it's been uh, uh, great to get a few for for where High Point is, and look forward very much to seeing uh, more and more electrified uh, aviation. And uh, hopefully, in a year or two's time, we can maybe revisit and uh, and literally see some uh, some of your uh, product uh, in service. Yeah, thank you very much, David. I also hope so that uh, it will be happen very very soon. This decade, this is our our goal to bring to reality this uh, this opportunity and this market. Excellent. Well, thanks for sharing your time with us, Alex. Yeah, thank you, David. Hello, and thanks very much for joining us on the Leading Clean Tech podcast. I hope that you enjoyed that episode and uh, appreciate you joining us again. Uh, please do subscribe if you haven't already, and please do share uh, any episodes of uh, particular interest within your community. Uh, if you do get an opportunity to write us a review on Apple Podcasts or your platform of choice, very much appreciated. Hopefully see you on the next episode.